Well, hello, everyone. We're going to be continuing the story in Genesis, chapter 46, and part of 47. But once again, we are to split the story up. So here's part two of Welcome Home. This will be just about concluding the story with Joseph and his family. Enjoy. Just to get this straight. So is this 70 people and all of their cows? Yeah. That would be so hard to travel with. I can barely travel with just me and Caleb. Right. And by the way, the, the 200 miles, guys, that I just gave you, Anna, you're, you're talking about traveling with all these animals and stuff. The 200 miles I gave you was the middle of Israel. We don't actually know exactly where they were. They traveled, yes, to Beersheba, but we don't know where they were before that. So they could it could be more than 200 miles. And if you're talking about moving with the cattle, that's going to be Plus slow. setting up tent, cooking a meal, and actually rounding up all the, the animals. Yeah. So you're looking at a hard, hard day's work at traveling probably close to... How many miles a day? I'm going to go with 20. Oh, and then they're also traveling at night also. So then the fact that yeah, the sun's not killing them. Oh, yeah, actually, that, that might be a good point. And they can also navigate better. Because so, cause the sun compass only lasts only a little bit, and you got to move <laughs> forward. So it need, needless to say, it probably took them some time. We don't know oh, exactly yeah. how long, but 200 miles going as fast as the slowest sheep. So... Okay, so so let's continue on. If, unless anybody else got eight, okay, don't <laughs> even go there with me. <laughs> that was that was the last verse. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, "My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen." And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, "What is your occupation?" And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come. For thy servants have no pasture for their flocks. For the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Okay. So do you think, so who, okay, so who, ordered them or suggested to them make sure oh make sure you tell pharaoh that you're shepherds right who it, told him joseph. Joseph. joseph it was joseph but he, you know hey, why do you think he did that oh come on the dude on. created a a system for grain and everything else he was not stupid <laughs> well, okay knew, so so what are you getting at protect, what are you getting at he knew how to protect his family and how to take care of them the best way I mean, he, I guarantee you, he thought this one out. Hey, you got the five cleanest brothers, and you put them up in front of Pharaoh <laughs> and was like, don't mess up, okay, please? <laughs> so, okay, so so you're thinking he's staging this. Oh, so, he totally is. Oh, yeah. For, yeah I mean, for, you, could, you could see that in the scripture. But he, Okay, so you guys are saying, you guys are going from the Pharaoh side, though, so that Pharaoh actually has approval. Can I, I'll play the the devil's advocate a little bit. I think Joseph was doing this. Because I think he knew his brothers couldn't handle power. Uh, and because I could see Pharaoh, if Pharaoh knew, oh, yeah, these guys are smart. These guys are burly. They can they can do stuff. I think Pharaoh would want them in his court because of how impressed he was with Joseph. I think Joseph probably set his brothers up to be stepped down. You guys are just better just staying in Goshen, just 
I, you I guys, can, look what well, you guys did to me years ago. Let's just you stay over there. I'll take care of Egypt. We'll be fine. You got to remember, Joseph had a dream. Oh, about the the bowing down. Yeah. Yeah. To him. Okay. Yeah. So oh. so you got to. Re- that's why I said he's smart. He's not. This is he thought this out. Like this was processed. Yeah. Like so he, it's probably both said, sides. I, like he's right. Yeah. 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 Like he's 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 not. This isn't playing a game. He knows what Pharaoh likes. He knows what it's going to take to get his family taken care of. Well, he's he's, he's vice also, he's been vice pharaoh for like what probably four or five years now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. no, I mean, it so. was what, oh no, seven. A, yeah, you're right. The, the, yeah, the, he was in prison for seven. Well, no, he was in prison for two. No, no, no. The other Age one. Of plenty. The one that he actually set so his brothers could actually go back and then come back. Oh yeah. So I thought yeah. it was four years he was in prison because we went over the the timeline. So it could be actually like ten. Well, no, I mean like so. That. How long was he? How long was he in in the Pharaoh's service? Because after Quite he he wasn't. So it had, had to have been seven years yeah, of we plenty. Know for sure, seven years of plenty, and then two years into the years of famine. So it at had least to have been a little before the seven years of plenty. It would have been at least a year before that. So, so like yeah, you years. might be right. Probably about ten years. Good, yeah. good call, Sully. And then also with this, the whole idea of uh, Joseph actually doing this. Okay, he knows the fact that the pharaoh can actually, like, they can't go past their boundaries. Okay, just like the... the you mean all, like land? Yeah. Okay. So he can't control what his army can't get. You know what I mean? So he actually put his family at a distance to actually show the boundary <laughs> of his sheriffs, the, the way I look at it. So the fact that he'd be like, huh, oh, wait. So kind of like when Mike said he's yeah, protecting his family. Yeah, okay. you're goat herders and you're outside of my reach. Whatever, dude. Just, you know, yeah. like, you're, you're, you're trash. Exactly. You know, and they didn't like him. So he's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. No problem. Take it all. Go out there. You know, so maybe he did. So Caleb, over. maybe he didn't take the cleanest brothers. Maybe he yeah. took the smelliest <laughs> I would have. I would have like did a mixture. But like, ah, you clean, you dirty, you clean. You know what? Just. I'm going to smack you up and then go from there. <laughs> we'll roll around in the dung pile for a few and then come in. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. so so we know. Okay, so we set up. Uh, all right, where do we leave off? Yeah, five. So this is 47.5. Okay. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee, and the land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen, let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. See, that's where I, I don't think I, he, he was still like, okay, you know, yeah, sure. I'll put him in authority, but not. So like you think it's a Pharaoh could have. Yeah. Obviously Pharaoh was thinking, oh, Hey, you know, he, he does have some good family lines. I want him so to. He's G- okay, right. Okay, you know, okay. I, I know where you were going there. See. And Joseph brought in in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are an hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Okay, so hold on. So so he's 130 Right now, yep. Why would he say unto the days, "This is nothing compared to the days of my fathers"? Why would he say that? Crazy old man. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't like his dad and all them other like five hundred, six hundred, and seven hundred. Yeah, they were. I old. do believe so. They were definitely older. A they lot were, older. Like I think what was it, a hundred and I mean, something he when like he had a, his first kid? Yeah, he was like he was like a teenager. Yeah, compared to them. 
I love this part because it's it's funny to me because he like comes in he's like okay dad bless the pharaoh for me and the pharaoh's like oh you look old and he's like I'm old I'm old as dirt <laughs> <laughs> I'm old as dirt but not as old as my dad was yeah. when he was alive he was older than dirt <laughs> I remember back in the day when we lived like 500 years I gave actually Ken, I gave Ken to Jesus okay come on <laughs> let's do this <laughs> actually that's a, that's a good point because they would have been really they uh, out of all the countries that I that I'm aware of, the Jews are the most accurate when it comes to their genealogy, oh, yeah. and they always have been. Right. Um. Uh. Because what we see here with with the genealogy, even Abraham, didn't Abraham live to be like a couple hundred? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he would have had to have because he was a hundred when he had his first child. Correct. Yep. Okay. So here here we go. So we have Jacob. Jacob lived to be 147. So if he's 130 now, he only has a few years left. Isaac was 180. Abraham was 175. Terah was 205. I'm just going down the line, guys. Uh, uh, Nahor was 148. But then Serg was 230. Ru was 239. Peleg was 239. And Eber was four, I'm sorry, uh, 464. So that's got to be what he's talking about. He's like, I'm 130 years old, but that's nothing to my great, 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 grandfather, our facts said. was ancient. Right. Imagine celebrating your 400th birthday. Yeah. We had a really good conversation about what would you do in a thousand years. Yeah. What would you do if you lived to be a thousand? That was a fun podcast. That was fun. Take a lot of naps. So I just find this very fascinating that Pharaoh actually asked the question, how old are you? Do you think it was because of the way he looked? Or do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it was because you got to think of how well, first of all, how many sons he brought in and how old oh. they were. Okay. By now, and, he would have known he had 12. Typically, yeah. pharaohs didn't live a long time either. Okay, Their their lineage didn't <laughs> pass on very well. So what's um, your secret? <laughs> exactly. You know, like this guy comes in and he's like, wow, you're, you're old. Like, how old are you? You know, like, I want to know this guy's knowledge. To me, I'm thinking he's like, I understand uh, Jacob here has a knowledge look at his son joseph i want to know what he knows i always think of in the hierarchy type of thing like how old are you and and what knowledge can you pass down to me you gotta you gotta think the fact that this guy actually wrestled the jacob did wrestle with jesus and he has a busted hip so this this is a decrepit old man and the fact that the vice pharaohs It'd be like one of the last few kids Jacob actually yeah. had with his actual wife is like so many years old. And then you see this big old this guy just like wobbling in like, dude, how are you still alive? That's a good point. I forgot. Well, we we got to make sure we don't forget Jacob was after he wrestled. He probably had a limp the rest of his life. Right. I, 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 go ahead. Oh, I just imagine like in today's sense, seeing somebody with a bunch of kids and being like, how do you do it? Like you know. that, that's, and that's a good point. That's, that's perfect because Pharaoh I gotta, probably I wasn't used this. to seeing this. Everybody, I, I look at a lot of these pictures and a lot of this stuff about Jesus. Right. And they, they picture him as some scrawny little guy and you know, a little, little, little tiny framed person. And he's, you know, on the cross or whatever. He was like just tiny frame. 
I think the same application and the same process, we've got this concept of old people and stuff. Okay. Sully was right. He wrestled with, he wrestled with an angel all night. Christ was a carpenter. He was no weakling. And the way carpenters work back then, oh, that no. dude was, yeah. he was, he was, He's built. He, really, he was definitely built. Okay. He was definitely for lack of better term ripped. Okay. If you want to think of a gym guy going to the gym, that would have been Christ. He would have been, he would have been a man's man. Okay. And if you think of that process, now put that in perspective here, this guy walks in, he may have had a limp, but personally, I think he came into the room and was like, had a command about him. Yeah. Look at what he's commanding. Like, look at what he's, he is the leader of this group and they all look up to him and he wrestled with the with the all night with an angel, you know, the Lord all night, and he was dealing with. Dude, this guy had to be built like he had to be able to survive all this. Now he is he, they're going through this famine and this drought and stuff, but even then he still would have been the patriarch, so they would have been taking care of him the best. And so I don't see some frail old man. I see him walking in. Yeah, he might have been, you know limping a little but i don't see him being too frail to the point okay. of death even though he wanted to die at this point because he's like hey i'm complete my son's alive <laughs> i get to see my I'm son one go. more time let me get out of here now you know like i'm, I'm ready now I'm, I'm complete my pilgrim's done my i completed my pilgrimage okay so how many people are coming to goshen because no, don't forget 70 70 wasn't it and we're not talking about just 70 people that happen to live with Jacob. It's, no, this is my immediate family. family. This is not my extended family. This is my kids and their kids. Like, yes, the all of these people came from me. Right. Well, I could see actually 70 people with a lot of flocks and everything else. But it still, like, it baffles me the fact that they're leaving their servants behind. That's one thing that I just yeah, actually now realize like that. They, yeah. So it's like, okay not not to like but it's just you're like free. yeah you're free <laughs> but, but then you, you also just have everything like how are to. you guys gonna go back to do stuff oh i just they're freed now so they just like get everything left behind they're like okay you guys can like keep the house going i guess <laughs> well so okay so for for those who who may not have listened to previous episodes there was a whole incident when it came to this incident with dinah And yeah, so basically the short, short story is, is they, they killed all the men in this one city, all of the the Jacob's sons killed all the men in the city. And then they actually took all of the women and children, not necessarily like in a, in a, in a wicked way, but if they killed, they just killed all the men, the women and children would have died if they wouldn't have taken them into their fold, basically. So I wonder, I'm almost wondering is if they would have allowed them to leave. Like, okay, your son's old enough to take care of you, mom. You know, now they can go. You know, just go wherever you want to go. Yeah, you know, as uh, long as you guys can go, just go. Uh, I'm sorry, it's an afterthought. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, wait, you're only traveling with 70 people, no servants? Who's taking care of the sheep? They have seven. They have sheep? seventy people, man. They don't need <laughs> servants. But uh, I understand that. But it's still like, okay, who's gonna clean the pots? Who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do that? That are normally delegated to the servants. Hey, they got a lot of kids. It's uh, free labor. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right. So you ready to go back to yeah? Verse, let, let's okay. yeah. Let's go ahead. Uh, verse eleven. It was ten. Oh, 10? Okay. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren 
and gave them a position in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, and in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. Wow. So, okay, so Joseph has now... Joseph has taken the part of the patriarch of the family. Yes. Basically. And that's why I said, if you look at his age, he's not going to be living much longer. I think it's 17 more years. 17 more years. Yeah. Okay. So he was ready to go. He's like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. This is awesome. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, what else we got? So, okay. So if, if everybody's got, does anybody have any other comments? Cause I, what I want to touch on just very quickly, I've mentioned this in a previous episode before about Imatep. And the history of Joseph, because many people think, oh, well, Joseph was such a, a, a an important person. How come he's not in Egyptian history? He actually is. They just gave him a different name. Yes. So does anybody have anything else uh, what to what Mike just read? If not, I'll dive into this a little bit. I think it's just appropriate. Okay, so do you guys remember the name that was given to Joseph? Zephniath Paniah or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Zephnoth uh, Paniah. Okay. So, and which actually has a very specific meaning, which uh, means uh, my provision. It, it means now, mind you, in Egyptian, it it's uh, it's it was Zafnapanea, and it in Egyptian it can mean this. There's multiple meanings, but this is like a very obviously going to English. It's a very rough translation. It actually means my provision is God, the Living One. Okay, so my provision is in the Living God. So. Here's, here's the thing. Joseph was apparently given another name, and we know this name as Imatep. Anybody can look this up uh, and, and look up the, the... Imatep was basically, in the English, I would call him a demigod. He was a human that became God, is what the Egyptians... The Egyptians have a little bit of a different um, structure when it comes to the gods than most of us think. Like, we... Uh, especially Westerners, which we're all Westerners, we have this idea of the gods more Greco-Roman type of god. They had a different idea of what gods were. Um, but Imatep, if you guys and you guys can look this up on online. So Imatep, when you look at some of the history of Imatep, he was responsible for many many things. But the funny thing is, is this name Imatep came up in. Now, mind you, you got nobody can see this, but unfortunately, the chili crew. Uh, but this is a stone, and if you guys want to get more information on this, I would recommend looking up Ron Wyatt, uh, full name Ron Wyatt, and you guys can YouTube this Ron Wyatt, and it talks about Joseph. So just write in Ron Wyatt and the history of Joseph, and he gives a, a very a very brief explanation of this. So the Pharaoh during the time of Joseph was actually Pharaoh Joshua, D J O S E R. Now, this, what you guys are looking at, this is a stone or a tablet. It's busted, obviously. And in ancient Egyptian is written on here, this is actually a judicial appeal to the Pharaoh after Pharaoh Jasher. Because do you remember what it said in, in the Bible? It talks about the um, lands and how they were divided and so forth. And I'll, I'll kind of get into that. What ends up happening is when you read through this, this uh, appeal... These are the priests appealing to the Pharaoh and saying, hey, listen, you owe us this property because of what happened with Imatep. 
and the seven years of famine and the seven years of plenty, and it gives the history of everything that the Bible says happened. And so let me go into, into what, the, what Scripture says. So in Genesis 47, 20 and 23, it says, And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And continuing on, it says, And so for the people, he removed them the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even unto the other thereof. And only the land of the priests bought he not. For the priests had a portion of a, a portion assigned of them from Pharaoh, and did eat their own portion, which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. Okay, so this is, let me, let me sum it up in modern terms. Basically, the government bought all of the land from the people. And they said, you are going to work for us during this years of plenty. And I want you to see, here's seed, you need to plant every inch of your land. For, for good reason. They needed as much crops as they could. But because of this, a lot of leases went out. And so that's what that, that tablet was. It, was. it was saying, hey, listen, this land is ours. And there was an appeal. You owe us these, these like 50 acres here. And it actually talks about Imatap. Some of the titles of Imatap. Now, oh, check this out. This gets me so excited. The title, some of the titles of Imatap is chief under the king. That's his name. Is polymath. So he taught them about different forms of math. He was also known as a poet, as a judge, as an engineer, as a scribe, as an astronomer, and as a physician. He was also the uh, architect of Pharaoh, Pharaoh Jasher's, and he actually designed Pharaoh Jasher's pyramid. Now check this out. King Jasher, or Pharaoh Jasher, his pyramid was not actually a pyramid. It was a city. It was a structured city. This city, and this is, this is just a design uh, of it. So this city was not just a pyramid. It was a pyramid inside these great walls. And these walls are huge, absolutely massive. In this city, they, they actually today, they called it um, King or Pharaoh Jasher's treasure city because eventually they ended up burying him there. The, the interesting thing is, is that there are these, these pits. I believe there's five of them all over the city. These pits that you guys see here. Now, those are going to kind of describe it. Imagine basically a giant underground silo. And then around this silo, there's like four or five other smaller silos and these little holes that are drilled along the entire length of all, or the entire height of all of these silos were, were drilled in. So this is basically, let me fill in all the blanks here. All of these silos were filled with grain and then the middle giant one kept filling up from the smaller ones. So the middle one was the only one they had to put. It was brilliant and it fed into it. And so... Modern, basically modern Egyptian scholars today, they go here and they, they unbury it and they're like, oh, obviously this was to, you know, hold this or that. And and they, they had no idea, but then they finally dug down to the bottom of some of these and guess what they found? Grain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They found grain in the bottom. So then they go, we don't know what it was for. (laughs) We have no idea. We have absolutely no idea. And 
it, it just is so basically, um, Ron Wyatt, he went through the whole thing. He visited it. He took a ton of pictures right here. You guys on the, I believe the Southern wall, this little area I'm circling, there's a doorway there, one way in and one way out at the bottom of these pit at one of these pits at the bottom of it was a doorway out. And this is only, this entrance here is only big enough for like one man or two men shoulder to shoulder to walk through. And then there's these little cubicles along the entire entrance. So apparently what they did was they would say, okay, one, one family member would come in and there would be a table there and they would say, okay, you're an Egyptian citizen. Here is your bag of food for the day. And we give them an empty bag and they would go to the silo. They would fill up the bag and then they would walk out of the bottom of the silo or to, out of the side of the silo, out of this like little exit that's underneath of the city. And then they would go about their day. I'm just saying like the historians today, they try to map this whole, you know, treasure city out as, oh, he just stole all or he put all his treasures here and stuff like that. Well, yes, that was after the years of plenty and famine, because what are you going to do with this big city? You were hiding all this grain in and trying to protect it inside of the city and and by the bible even says that he stored the grain in cities in the cities so apparently this was one of them that he put it in and then they built this pyramid later to because his his grave uh king jasher's grave is in here but this is obviously many years later right so i just i, I want to bring this up to say many people are asking well there's actually no evidence and if you look online you, they'll they'll say it Oh, yeah. uh, Egyptian scholars yeah. will flat out tell you there's no evidence of Joseph and none of this. That's because he wasn't called Joseph. They changed his name and he became a demigod to them because he saved all of Egypt. Right. And so I, I just I, I wanted to end on that that high note to say, listen, we can trust what this book says because there is history on it. We just have to dig. Right. And we have same with um, like we showed this when we did Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is still there. Well, yep. what, what's, what's left of it? <laughs> a few embers here. And yeah, there. a couple of bit sulfur balls still burning almost. Yeah. Um, so anyway, does anybody have any last remarks for this whole story of his family coming in, 70 people, to move to Egypt? No, I just think this is one of my most favorite I know, I know. stories. I love, I, it. I, I love this story. I'm kind of bummed that Tom's not here. He I talks know. about Joseph all the time. I know. This is, this is one um, of my favorite stories in the Bible. But, yeah. Okay, Mike, could you end us on a word of prayer? For sure. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time we had, and thank you for the ability to get together and talk about your word and, and be excited about it because it's real and it's true and, and we see the truth and we know the truth. Thank you so much, Lord, and thank you for this group. And I pray you would just encourage us and strengthen us to keep moving forward for you and your glory and your honor. In your blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is Justin. This is Caleb. This is Anna. This has been Sully. This has been Mike. And this has been Susanna. Excellent. We love you guys so much and we pray for you every day. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, for part two of Welcome Home in the Story of Joseph. Now listen, we only got about two or three chapters left until we're done with Genesis. Then we'll be starting on the book of Exodus. If you like what you heard, look us up on something called Facebook or YouTube. Make sure to click subscribe. It's the one with the little bill next to it. And if you'd like to support us, visit our website at www.biblicalchili.com. But the best way to support us, everyone, is with your prayers.
And don't forget, we love you.